Welcome to Shot Callers, and it is a special day today. I am here with Jessica Phillips, who is a social media strategist known for her outspoken dedication in relationship marketing. Um, Jessica founded Now Marketing Group in 2010 with a laptop and a vision. Uh, the company is now on Forbes recognized agency partner and a certified inbound partner with HubSpot. Jessica presents in a weekly video cast, Magnet Marketers and is one of the largest social media and hosts, sorry, one of the largest social media Midwest conferences, Social Media Week Lima. Named as one of the top global rising stars in Jessica's social media to watch. And uh, we are so excited to have her here because she's not that far away. Jessica, welcome to Shot Callers. Uh, sounds like you are a shot caller yourself. Our audience is excited to hear from you. So uh, thank you for coming on the show. We appreciate it. I'm excited to be here. And just to know that you're like, a hop, skip, and a jump over from where yeah, I'm at. But, yeah, we cool. literally work in each other's territories, and we're just so used to this coronavirus thing that we're just like, oh, we'll set up a Zoom meeting, and probably would have been easier with our schedules just to get get in the car and go, but either way, next time, I'll hold you to it. We'll go to one of our places, and we'll do this, so all right, so go ahead and tell me, Jessica, how, how did you get started in business? Ooh, so you know, I would love to say that it was like this great elaborate plan but literally in my bio it's like a laptop and dream is really <laughs> how it went down I honestly took the traditional path starting out I'm going to school and having a big girl job in telecommunications and working my way up the corporate ladder and you know had the plan right as we all do any entrepreneur in listening to this always knows like you think you have this one plan and then life comes and it's like nope this is where we're taking you and that's kind of what it was like for me um so I, I worked my way up through corporate ladder uh, between customer service sales rep then uh, store manager then distribution partner which just meant that I worked with mom and pop shops and helped them sell our latest cell phone, which by the way, was amazing because polyphonic ringtones were just coming out then okay. <laughs> and, and okay. data awesome. and text and photo messaging, which nobody thought they were going to use, but you know, this, the rest of that story. But anyway, I was doing amazing. I thought I had my forever job. I, I loved it, honestly, because I loved the people and working with the uh, entrepreneurs that I got to work with. But life came in and I ended up getting pregnant with my daughter and got super sick. I was in the hospital for eight out of the nine months um, that I was pregnant. And the company was like, hey, we're growing really fast. We can't really hold your territory for you. We're going to replace you. Um, and I was devastated, honestly, because I was the breadwinner. I was the insurance carrier. And now I'm the hospital sitter, you know, at this point yes. and had nothing else to, to go on. Um, so literally just sitting there, even though everything else was kind of shut out for me, the, the internet wasn't right. And, um, I was just introducing some of the businesses that I was working with those mom and pop shops to social media at the time and to help them market themselves because they had no marketing budget okay. at all. <laughs> like their oh, marketing wow. was Good. spraying and uh, spraying all the flyers around the mall parking lot underneath people's windshield wipers. Like that was their marketing at the time. It was horrible. Um, I was like, no, there's a better way. So I was introducing them to social media. So long story short, they were contacting me still about social questions and I loved doing that because I love technology and I loved psychology. And that was kind of like, the mix of both worlds to me. And so something just clicked, right? I was like, I really enjoy doing this and it comes kind of natural to me. 
And I really don't want to go back to corporate America because yes. they just let me go when I'm sick. Like who yeah. does that? And you, and I realized like all the things I really didn't like about it anyway, at that point. So I ended up starting now marketing group in 2010, um, took me about an hour to finally push the button, uh, you know, to, to make it official when I started it. Cause it was so nerve wracking, but it's been amazing ever since. I love that. I, I, so classic one door closes, another door opens, which is awesome because I've, I've had very similar experiences. Um, and then you fall into entrepreneurship and, you know, you think you, yeah. people think you had some big elaborate plan. What do you think that you value that you took from corporate America? Because that is one thing, like mm -hmm. I took some of my training and things from working from a captive financial institution. Mm -hmm. What are some of the things that you that you learned or that you valued that you were able to at least lessons that you could bring with you to now into your entrepreneurship and then and then we'll get into now marketing group and whatnot yeah no I think um systems right like I do value systems and having things repeatable right yeah. because you can't do everything at least you don't want to if you want to grow right. because or else you're going to be stuck right uh and not being able to to live a life and actually enjoy the the perks that could come with entrepreneurship because yeah. you're going to be stuck to it. So I loved the systems and having everything in its place, if you know what I mean. Um, and I also loved the things that it taught me that I didn't like <laughs> that yes. then I was able to reinvent. Like I loved that. It was like, you know what? No, it's not just a number. It's a person and we can be human. And they're not just the numbers that they're producing this month because there's, there's a backstory to it. And so I loved the things that it taught me right as in systems, but also the eye-opening moment. So it's like, you know what? There is another way. You don't have to be all business. And I, and that saying like, it's just business deal with it kind of thing. Yeah. Um, because it's not true. And, and that's not how we operate as humans and um, as small businesses or entrepreneurs, that's the win. And that's yes. why we're winning today is because people get that now they have options. They want to be treated like a person and that they're valued, not a cog in the wheel. So I love that it actually taught me those uh, aspects of the business side as well. That's such an awesome perspective. That is so yeah. awesome because that's very much how I look at it is I would never mm -hmm. want to go back to it. But thank God for the things that I learned from mm -hmm. it at such a young age that I was very fortunate to be able to be like, okay, well, I like this part about it. I don't like this. Here's what I'm going to do. And here's how I'm going to do it differently. And so mm -hmm. it allows you to develop as a person, which then in turn, once you start mm -hmm. and you actually care about your clients now, you know, and not that we didn't before, it's just with, with the situation you're in, they're pushing numbers. Everybody's always pushing yeah. numbers. And so, you know, it's like, well, yeah, that's great, but you're not hitting those numbers this week. So um, mm -hmm. really good to hear. So yeah. um Tell me a little bit about um, Now Marketing Group and how it started and, and what um, all they offer. By the way, your website is amazing and we're going to get your contact info at the end. Everybody Aww. needs to check out your website. It is it is awesome. I mean, it just literally makes you smile. It's just so much so bright and like it's just ready to go. Aww. So, you know, what I love you're doing. that you say that because now I'm like, oh, I can't wait to redo it. But I love <laughs> that you say that, you know, but after you look at something for so long, you're like, I'm ready to do something new. But yeah, it's an internal so, thing. I get it. <laughs> right. Right. You're your own worst cr critic, I think. But um, no. So you actually mentioned something about like when you really care for your customers and that's what now is based on uh, care. And that's the acronym that we use to serve 
everyone that we come into contact with from our team members and our community members and our clients, because I firmly believe that's the only way to build sustainable long-term growth. So what we do is called relationship marketing and relationship marketing is kind of a new way of thinking about business in general and, and marketing. It's kind of like, okay, all that stuff that you learned in college, let's throw it away. Not like really throw it away, but like kind of what I said about corporate America, you take some of the stuff that like teaches you kind of the structure, but the stuff that just doesn't make human sense, you throw yeah. it out the window. And, and what I mean by that is that if we look at today with 90% of all buying decisions starting online and people making the decision over choosing one company over another based upon how they feel the experience is going to be with that company. And it's not just the peers that are telling them like their neighbor or best friend, like it used to be in the back in the day where it was like word of mouth, right? Now it's world of mouth. And they're basing their decision based upon what other people are saying online. Almost like if you go on Amazon, you go to buy a product or service and, or, you know, go stay somewhere at a hotel or a restaurant and you see these reviews left, you get a sense of what it's like to work with that person. Right. Like you are getting a sense of what it would be like to work with me when you're looking me up online before we had this call. And that is the shift now in, in marketing. So it's not us bullhorning our message out. It's placing some magnets to draw our people in the yeah. actual ideal people that we want to work with and get them to stick with us. Because when those buying decisions are starting line and people are making the decision on if they choose company A or company B, So like if it's an insurance company that says they offer the same exact thing, like what's going to make the person stand out? It's the person, it's that personality, it's the experience, that verb, it's how you're going to make someone feel. That's how they're basing their decision. So relationship marketing is focused on an art of starting from the inside out, starting on how can we develop a brand personality that's going to allow people to understand what we're about. It's not the what we do. It's the how we do it that's going to make the difference and how we do it is going to attract our ideal people to us, our team members, because that's that like next layer, our clients, our community members, and also like our advocates for us. And and instead of having like this old school sales funnel, it's a flywheel. So it's growing in momentum. Once you have that core figured out that you're going to keep growing in momentum and having this repeat residual long-term sustainable growth. So you don't have to feel like you have to keep bullhorning your message out. So that's at the core of what we do. Um, that's a lot to really like, now, what do you really do? <laughs> so yeah. we essentially help our clients figure out what that story is. What is that thing that makes them stand out? And then once we figure that out for them and help them craft their story, we help them care, out care the competition. We help them capture attention, articulate their message, build real relationships for repeat referral business and exceptional experiences. And we happen to use like social media, their web, you know, creating a website, video productions and ads, things like that to actually deliver that message. But at this, at the core of what we do and what makes us different is that we help them figure out their personality, their story and why people are actually going to care and stick with them. I, I, I like so much about that. First of all, it, what is it? How did you put it? Um, uh, we worry about conversations, not likes. Is that, am I yes. right? Am I quoting that right? Yeah. So don't count the likes, like count conversations. Like that's it. And actually it's going away now. So nobody's going to be able to count the likes anyway. Like Facebook, the new one, you might actually have it today. Many 
people rolled out uh, today, or depending on when you're watching this, but like Facebook pages, they're actually uh, calling it the Facebook page experience and the like button's going away. It's only going to have a follow. And what they're basing it off of is conversations. Like that's the only thing that matters. Yeah. I love that. And, and it reminds me, I just watched a video just the other day. So hearing your story about this and hearing what now marketing groups about, um, I just watched a podcast about defining your company's integrity and how that works and, and how so many companies now and so many places give such an underwhelming experience. Mm -hmm. So now we're in, the world's gotten so much smaller. Mm -hmm. And so we're in a place where people can go anywhere essentially to get yeah. their business. Like I said, that's why I'm so shocked. We're so close as far as yeah. distance apart um, be, because we, you know, you can go anywhere. So what is going to make that difference in, in mm -hmm. delivering an overwhelming customer experience versus such an underwhelming? And that's, I love your message when it comes to that. That's, that's, that's great. So um, how do you do it? Like what's, what's your team? What's your team like? And uh, tell me about your team. Oh my God, they're awesome. I'm so lucky to have them, honestly. And it's great because it's the difference that makes a difference, right? You can never make someone care as much as you do as an entrepreneur about your brand. You can't, like, there's no way that they're going to be willing to sacrifice as much as you do. However, if you find the right people that are passionate about what they do, and they have this thing that it's not replaceable, right? You, you can't just call someone up and, and have them kind of fill in that gap for them because they're passionate about it and, they, and they're really good at what they do. That's how, you know, you found like that person that, that fits in, like the, it's the thing that you can't buy, right? It's like passion. Yeah. So the team that I have, um, and now marketing group in, in, I full transparency. It was not always that way. Like I, yeah. there was some learning along the way, um, where I, I always wanted to hire good people, but I had this struggle of, you know, people that were already ready to like go and, and have it all figured out and, uh, understanding that I didn't have to just work with people in our own community that they could work from anywhere. Right. Yeah. Um, but the team I have now is passionate about our mission and our, in our core of what we really believe of authentic relating, doing what's right, not what's easy, like helping brands, like truly out care the competition. And so what's been cool about that is once we've developed our personality as an organization, the right people have come to us, like team members and clients. So, so we've crafted this team now that just works so amazing together. Um, like people call it the Avengers squad, uh, online because oh, nice. it's like, you know, really great people at ads and that are just really creative and like just good at what they do. And it's kind of cool because many of them have had like this misfit story, if you will, where they worked at a corporate culture or worked at some place that didn't see that genius because they were trying to force or push something else on them that they wanted instead of being like, let me see what is your superpower and what your kryptonite is. And like, let me help you like maximize that. Right. And we can craft some, some roles and some, uh, cool, like experiences just based upon what you have as your superpower. So it, it's been kind of cool watching them be able to have their redemption story and us, uh, being able to help clients along the way. That's, that's awesome. And on that with just to kind of go into that, I always tell my people, I, I'm like, Hey, 
you, you have to be a little bit selfish. I know that you're never going to care about the company. It's not your company more than you care about yourself or your family. But we least like to be in the top five, preferably the top three, you know, if you're working with us. Hopefully you're that passionate. I'd like to at least be in the top five. If you care about the company in the top five of your priorities, usually we're okay. Um, yeah. How did, how did you... How did you solve that problem culturally? How did you recruit for all our entrepreneurs and, and, and people hiring out there? How did you recruit and how did you solve that problem? Because we all go through growing pains and nobody talks about it. So kudos for that. Yeah. Uh, how did, yeah. How did you solve that? Um, asking a lot of questions and um, watching actions, not listening to words uh, is a big thing. One and two, like not being afraid. So I think at first, like I was really, um, afraid to just be like, you gotta go when it was time to go, because I'm like, oh my God, I need that work and that help. Right. And, but you got to cut it off like immediately if you see something wrong. Um, and that the person's just not there for the overall benefit because the energy not to get too woo woo, but you can feel it and yes. you can tell when a team jives. And if there's someone that's off, it's just like, you know, when one Christmas bulb light goes out in your string, like it jacks up everything and it really does. And so you really have to make sure that you guys are all on the same page and it, and it's not something you can force. So it really just starts from, you know, the head down or the inside out, however you want to look at it to where, we had to make sure that one, I was crystal clear on here's what we want. So we created a brand manifesto of saying, here's what we're here to do. It's not a mission statement. It's not a tagline. It's like, here's what we're here. Our declaration of here's what we're here to do. And the people that we're here to do it for, and here's the, the culture deck of exactly the type of person I'm looking for. So even in our job hiring, it's like, there's like this much of the skills and like that much of who we're really looking for. Like if you're someone that's like, complains about this, we're not going to work if you're, you know, together and, right. and we really are transparent with them. And I send everyone before they even, um, have their second interview, our handbook, our, our, uh, non-compete agreement and allow them to like, take a peek at, you know, I, I tell them to take a peek at our team and, and what we do on a daily basis and almost kind of try to sounds kind of funny, but talk them out of it. I'm like, look, it's not all fun in Facebook. Like, yeah. here's what we're doing. <laughs> like, right. Why would you want this? You know, and, and trying to see what's at their core of who they are. And honestly, now it's been once we made that shift and got really serious on not tolerating anything but culture credits, I like to call it culture credit or culture debt. Every client that you add on, every team member that you add on, it's either adding culture credit or culture debt. It's either going to solve a problem for a little bit if you hire the wrong person on, but it's going to be incredibly debt rich, you know, if you yes. let them go, or it's going to keep building you up slowly and surely. So once we made that shift of like a zero tolerance of only hiring the right people, then it was like more people were drawn to us that were those kind of people. And, and it's been just, it's been awesome. Like, um, like I said, like a magnet, like the right people will come to you and stick with you versus you feeling like you have to bullhorn, uh, your message message out. And so we have fun with it too. Like we have, um, you know, our team members, work remote for them. Like we have nine that are local here. And then the other nine are kind of all throughout the U S 
and we work remote. So we do some fun team activities to kind of keep everybody engaged and, and up and up with the culture, because that's also important. You can't just talk about it and have it like on a wall or, you know, have the game room or whatever you have to be it. Right. So we incur one each week, we do what's called a now we where it's our time at the end of the week on Fridays to like give each other shout outs and have a fun theme, like team hangout. We do uh, level up challenges where they get paid to read like a book uh, each, each month. We do wellness challenges each, each month. We have like this group text thing going on. Like there's, there's intentional culture building communication and nurturing of the lives that are at the office, not just the role that they're doing, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And that's actually probably some of the best advice we've gotten on the show. Um, (laughs) That's really um, talking about, that's great because I think that's such a big problem right now with, you know, people hiring this, that, and the other. I know we've constantly struggled with culture, but um, culture credit and culture death. Oh my gosh. If you ever want to write a book on that, I'm game to team up with you on that. Cause that is an awesome. awesome Let's do it. I am serious about that. (laughs) I got some really long blogs on it. They could probably just like start it off right there. Honestly. Uh, Yeah. Halfway there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm serious (laughs) about that. That is, that's awesome. Um, What do you say on that? So what do you do when you say all those things and you, you hire somebody and culturally they appear to fit. Okay. And they come in and they're gangbusters and they're doing great. And then poof, it falls. Well, I just had that actually. I don't have it all. Like I, I know what to do, but it's not like it, then something doesn't come up in my face and I have to like call it out. Right. Like I just had that not, not what was it like five months ago. So I had a team member that I had brought on and I thought they were going to be amazing because yeah. I brought them on. They were a writer at a local newspaper and they were writing positive articles. And they were the one person that was writing positive articles at the, at the newspaper. And I'm like, that's who I want. I want that person. That's like, no, I can see the positive in that story. I can write it. I was talking with them. Great conversation, right? Amazing person, super talented. They've won awards like resume. It looks perfect, right? Like signed, sealed, delivered. And so I'm like, Awesome. I couldn't wait. I had conversations, same ones that we have, bring them onto the team, right? All is well. And then it's like, oh, that's really who you are, you know? <laughs> and so we have like a 90 day, what's called our 90 day, yeah. like decision. It's kind of like the 90 day fiance, but at work. And um, this, it's always been that way where we get to make a decision within that time period of like, are we right for each other? And, you know, it was four weeks in and, and we, had to call it quits because it was in, it was not his work. It was not his work. His work was perfect. His work was great, but what it took to get to that work and the, what do I want the, the detriment he did along the way, like as he was creating it was not worth it. It was not worth it. I would much rather write it myself, find someone else. Like it's not worth it because it was creating this animosity, not just with our team members, but with clients. And that's the whole key. Like, it's not just who you hire. That's like internally going to mess with your culture, but you got to remember like our team members are the ones that are creating that experience with clients. And thank God our clients know us and love us and are 
or know that we're not about that and, and how, um, to be approached, you know, that we would never talk to our clients in the way that what happened. So what, what do you think the future? Well, actually, let me get this in really quick. Well, what do you think the future is of online marketing? Oh, well, dark social, not dark web, uh, dark social, which is the private, more niche communities. Actually, Mark Zuckerberg and uh, Gary Vaynerchuk said this in like 2019, the future of social is private and everything that we see is doing just that audio marketing, right? Like short form disappearing content, um, you know, episodic content. It's in private, more niche communities where People are just so fatigued with being bombarded. They want this Maslow hierarchy of needs of belonging, and they're going to keep gravitating more and more to the community that makes them feel more like themselves. And so as brands, we have a very short window to get invited to that conversation or to be able to build rapport to the sense of exactly what happened with me and that client where somebody did them wrong and they're like, Hey, I'm going to tell you about it. Right. Or if somebody were to talk about, um, a company in a, in a group and, and ask who would you recommend for online marketing, the client's going to advocate for me because I can't be everywhere, but I can build the rapport and the relationships with, with clients that will have my back or community members or team members. Right. So the future of online marketing is just that one it's dark social, which means it's the traffic that you can't measure. This is the definition of dark social. It's the traffic you can't measure coming back to your website because it's done in a private niche community. And it's said to be almost 80% of the traffic that says it's direct, but it's not, it's happening in text messaging. It's happening in email. It's happening in behind closed doors where brands can't measure it. That's the first thing. The second thing is the experience now studies have shown, and this was study was done like eight years ago by Intuit, Coca-Cola, Amazon, and some other super rich companies that sure. spent a buku uh, dollars on this study of consumer behavior. And they said, and actually funny enough, it was called customers 2020. And they said by the year 2020, that customers will stay loyal to the brands that have brought them an exceptional experience, that verb, how you make them feel. And they offer speed, ease of use and accessibility. And what you know, 2020 really shed some light on that of the brands that people stayed loyal to are the ones that made them feel something and that offered speed, accessibility and ease of use. And that is, that's also the, the, the part of it, right? Like you can provide a great product, but you also have to understand that your website's not just a brochure, that your social media is not just for a push message. It is for a utility for your customers to be able to get access to you, to be able to have rapport with you, to be able to perform an action and and to utilize your online space as a utility to perform something faster, smarter, easier, and less friction than they would using something else. So when we're thinking about marketing, our marketing isn't just the messaging that you're buying. It's all the things that you're creating. All of that is marketing because people are talking about it behind closed doors in those dark social moments. So we have to think all of it's marketing, all of it, uh, not just what we're buying. And the thing I, you know, what I find kind of true about that is when we even get people to come on the show. So Mm -hmm. like, if you go onto Instagram and send a direct message, like half the time, 
if that, nobody answers. But if I actually look them up and send them an email or reach out with a phone call, it's amazing how much faster the process is. It is mm-hmm. so amazing. I don't know the like the actual ratio, which I should. Mm-hmm. So uh, don't don't score me for that. But um, no. literally, it's so amazing how much people are like, oh no, he's actually serious. He's it's somebody. He's not just somebody. Because it's personalized. Yes, that's it. And 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 some people maybe Instagram, right? Like you have to understand. You put up brought up a great point. Like you have to understand. You don't have to be everywhere. And it's not about going wider. It's about going deeper, right? So you have to find like, where can I put my roots to really deepen the relationship of where my customer wants to receive a message? It may be Instagram. It may be email. It may be phone. You don't know, like, but you, I mean, you should know, (laughs) but you have to find that out and personalize it, right? Like I love audio messages. I love video emails. I love, um, you know, the surprise and delights, those those things that are going to stand out to be exceptional experiences. It's not just, you do what you say you're going to do and what somebody paid you to do, because that's just a transaction. It's not an experience. Like the experience is doing that something extra that was like, oh, they did that for me. They sent me a, a video, you know, response back. They sent me a card in the mail for my birthday. They, you know, uh, noticed that I wrote this article and I spent a lot of time on it and they commented on what they liked about it. It's those little things that don't take money for the most part. It doesn't take a lot of time, but it creates this great rapport with your customer um, that is going to create that loyalty then long-term overall. And I can tell you the good thing about it for everybody listening is going and checking out your website, your feel, everything. It does not by any means seem transactional with your company. So you're doing something extremely right. I mean, and that's just from, I, I don't have a ton of experience. You know, we, we haven't known each other that long, but I can tell you, I do not feel that at all. And that's one of the things I can give you again, a bunch of kudos for, because that's just awesome. So um we're, we're running out of time so uh but i want to have you definitely back again because we have a lot to talk about absolutely so how does everybody get a hold of you yeah um well you can definitely check out the now marketing group website at nowmarketinggroup.com but honestly like if you're interested in everything that we've been talking about today and you really want to know like how does this work? I've talked about a lot of things, but like, how do I get started? Um, I do have free resource. I'm not spamming you. Like I said, I, I, it, we say create belonging and not focus on buying, but you can go to learnrelationshipmarketing.com. And there is some videos there and there is like the full workbook where you can do this for yourself and, uh, and just follow the formula of understanding, Hey, here's how I can make my business focused on being a magnet, not a bullhorn uh, in our marketing approach. So those are the two best ways uh, of getting in touch. And as well as I'm, I'm, I'm out there on the socials. So wherever your social is of choice, I'm sure I'm there yes. <laughs> hanging and, out somewhere. <laughs> and hopefully, hopefully, you know, we may even, even though we may not be in the magazine for a second part, maybe we can do a part two of this video because this content yeah. is amazing for everybody, for our viewers. Um, thank you so much, Jessica, for being on the show. We greatly appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you very much. And uh, we look forward to speaking more in the future. And for everybody out there, you know, uh, we look forward to seeing you back. And thank you for uh, joining us today. Thank you.